much to be thankful for, for having a Savior that covered our sins, washed us white as snow. Thank you, dear Jesus, for our salvation. Let's just come and concentrate on him and think about what he has done for us as a personal Savior. Let's get close to Jesus. He's here, he's here, and we just give you praise and honor, and we just want to, for you to work and do what you want to. In our hearts today, Christ arose.
close our eyes. Let's just worship. Forget about yourself today. We've got a lot to be thankful for. We could just number uh, so many things on and on and on, but I think at the top of the list should be our relationship with Jesus. We pray that we'd be able to just have get close to him, that we'd be in places that we could experience his presence. There's a rush about us that we can't understand, but we know it's to distract us and keep us from having that relationship that Jesus wants us to have. We thank you for that. So let's just keep our eyes closed and worship on him and sing, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, Make sure everybody can hear, be heard. 
two guys singing more together. And we invite all of our young people to come. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We're going to ask our choir to come up at this time. I'd like to ask our pastor if he'd lead us to the throne of grace as we get ready to give back into the Lord only a portion of what he so mightily blessed us with. Step back with us through time, over 2,000 years, to the holy city, the crowded streets of Jerusalem. It is, a, it is Jewish Passover, and there is filled with excitement and wonder through the massive city gates, and it is a joyful celebration. The people are claiming a new king, and they crown him with their cheers of welcome. Children are singing. Palm branches are waving as they join their voices in shouts of praise. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, 
created us different from all other creatures. He gave us the capacity to know Him, to have a personal, intimate relationship with Him, to fellowship with Him. He formed us in His own divine image, an image with freedom of will and power of choice. He has loved us from the very beginning. Adam and Eve lived and walked with God in paradise, a place too perfect for us to comprehend until the day they chose to disregard their Creator's ever-protecting love. What began there in the Garden of Eden would become the great dilemma for every soul. Because of Adam's sin, every one of us suffers the consequences of being separated from God. Through the disobedience and rebellion of the first man, sin was passed down to all of us. But God, rich in His mercy and love, designed a plan that would restore our love relationship, cleanse us from all sin, and ultimately take us back to paradise. Though we may never completely understand, his requirement for cleansing the sin of man was the shedding of the blood of a spotless lamb. For hundreds of years, an animal sacrifice would be offered for the atonement of sin. These offerings were only temporary. God's love provided his own lamb as a permanent, perfect, final sacrifice for all sin, for all men, for all time.
Calvary was where God's love was revealed in its greatest magnitude. He reached down and redeemed us with the blood of his own son. If you've been touched by the love of God at Calvary, lift your voice and sing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb.
understood that we're slaves of one thing or the other, either to Jesus or sin. I was a slave in a barren land. What a barren land that is, too. But what a, a powerful place to live when you've got a fellowship with the Lord. Amen. Thank you for that fellowship. And we know that it's an abundant life. And if we're not having that abundant life, we know it's available. It's already been bought and paid for today. Amen. I am redeemed. morning they will come from all nations from every generation side by side they will march into the celestial city of Jehovah and in perfect harmony they will begin humming a new song, a song composed by God, arranged for his children as they saved by grace approach the lands of their dreams the host of heaven will step aside, but the angels will be silent, for they cannot sing this new song, for the song reserved for the forces who once cried out for the redeemed those washed in the blood of the precious Lamb of God.
Jesus drew his final breath around 3 o'clock that afternoon. He had been tortured unmercifully for hours, and now the suffering was over. God's greatest demonstration of love, his son, hanging by three nails, beaten beyond recognition, was dead. There could be no greater love. I could almost hear God shouting to the world, I love you. I love you. Don't you see how much I love you? Now, there was a wealthy man named Joseph who boldly went to Pilate, the Roman governor, and asked for the body of Jesus. After verifying that Jesus was truly dead, Pilate granted Joseph's request. Then Joseph took Jesus' body and laid it in a brand-new tomb that had been cut out of solid rock. A great stone was placed at the entrance of the door. Yeah. 
Mary Magdalene was the first to reach the tomb of Jesus that Easter morning. Her life, once scarred by sin, had been transformed by the ever-cleansing love of God. He had given her a brand new heart and a brand new life. What a sight it must have been that morning when she encountered angels at the garden tomb where Jesus had laid. One spoke to her and told her to go find Peter and the other disciples and tell them that Jesus was no longer there. He had risen from the dead. Did the angel make a mistake by singling out the disciple Simon Peter? Not at all. Remember, it was Peter who had denied the Lord at the most crucial moments of Jesus' life. Not once, but three times, cursing and deserting him. It was Peter that had lied and acted like he didn't even know the Lord. We know from Scripture that he went out and wept bitterly. Surely, he must have wondered if Jesus would ever forgive him. Would things ever be like they once were?
Jesus, he lived, he died, he rose again. There's a lot of kings and leaders that people visit their graves every day, but they're still in the grave. Yes. Stalin's is still in the grave. People Amen. visit that every day. Muhammad. There's countless people. Elvis, as far as I know, he's still in the grave. <laughs> but Jesus is a risen Savior, and he's Amen. alive forevermore. Amen. And he wants That's to be right. in your heart. And to be able to have that relationship with you. Song, the tomb is empty now. speak a little bit today. I was blessed enough to go to Israel and he was asking me to speak a little about it since today is a great day of doing that. Um, the first thing I was going to tell you about is um, when Jesus, everybody thinks when Jesus was put in jail, I thought the same thing. I thought it was like bars and everything like that. And the thing I want you to know about is, is when we went in there, it is a building and you think, okay, this looks normal and everything else. But then you walk in and it's like a, it's almost like a well. It's a huge hole. And it's dark and lonely and everything else. And that's where Jesus, they, they put him until they went to, I think it was Pilate or whatever. And uh, 
the point of that is is to think about, you know, if you think you're in a dark spot, you think you're in a rough time and everything, <coughs> man, Jesus is in that dark spot. Mm-hmm. Jesus was there. I mean, he yeah. can relate to you. He knows exactly what you were going through and everything like that. The other one I was thinking about is the cross. You know, for years, ever since till I went to Israel, I thought the cross was what you see, you know, the nice smooth to, you know, cross that everything was good on it. No, it's, they literally took a tree. They took a tree and they cut off the limbs and everything. So you still had all the burrs, all the stobs and everything else that you would be so uncomfortable and it would poke you and prod you and everything else. And another thing is, is I thought when they put Jesus on that cross, he was like 40 foot up. And, you know, it was almost to where he was separated from us. But no, it, it literally was like four or five foot up. I mean, literally, you could touch him still. He could hear everything that everybody was murmuring about him and saying about him and everything else. And it was just raw. I mean, to think about, you know, that he was the humiliation and everything going on. But yet he still went through it. And he knew this was coming. And he still went through it for us. And um, it's just a blessing. And the other thing was is the tomb. You know, I didn't realize that the tomb, when they hewed it in and everything, that there's actually two rooms inside that tomb. There's a preparation room on one side, and then there's where they laid him on the other. And I'm checking it out and everything. And then when I turn around, of course, y'all probably seen that uh, that sign several times. But it meant so much to me. I turned around and looked at the sign, and it said, He is risen, for he is not here. Praise God, my God. It's Jesus. He's already rose up for me and everything. And uh, I, was, I was just going in with that. But the Lord just kept pressing on my heart last night. I don't, I don't know why, but he kept pressing on my heart about a few things going on. And uh, I know Pastor Henry talked about it several times in the last couple of weeks, and it's not—it's not for no reason. Um, you know, when I grew up as a kid for 33 years, and I mentioned this to the um, Sunday school class today. 33 years I grew up. Every week I was there. Everything I knew, everything about you know the Bible, you know, type thing. knew knew what to say, everything like that. Been saved couple of times, you know, quote unquote, um, <coughs> I had all the head knowledge, but when I was 33, I, I got the heart knowledge, and I'm going to tell you something, if there's, if there is one of you, I will literally get on my knees and beg you, if there, if there is one of you here today that you know there's a feeling that just ain't quite right, man, I, I told my wife one that night, and I was like, the night before, I said, man, I just feel like the Lord's speaking to me. I don't know what's going on. I, I've been, I thought I've been saved, but I just don't know what's going on. She said, well, just speak to the preacher. I did. And I realized that I wasn't saved. I've been playing the game. I've been playing. I, like I said, I had the head knowledge and everything going on. And, man, I promise you, God, God will never forsake you. If right. you just give it up to him, I promise you, your life will be changed. In Matthew, I forget which it is. I wrote it down, but I'll probably. In Matthew 18, 12, he talks about, the parable of the lost sheep. You know, he says that, you know, he's got the 99, but he wants the one. Today, you could be the one. And I'm telling you, he will rejoice forevermore for that one if he gets it today. So don't ever let Satan distract you and think, oh, man, there's people going to think something of me and everything else. I promise you, everyone in here is going to rejoice. Because then i got a brother or sister that I can praise you with and everything like that. And the other thing I was just going to speak, and I'll get off because I know y'all tired and everything, but the other thing is, is, you know, like Tyler, it spoke to me so much in the past couple of weeks. If if there's, if you've got, you know, kind of off the track along the way or anything else, man, just rededicate. I mean, you know, fire up. Get get charged up for the Lord. 
Because revival starts in us. And that's how it spreads into your community, bro. He inspired me so much. And each and every one of you, if, if you feel like you're down a little bit today, man, there's no greater day than today. I promise you. Today's a divine appointment, and today's the day. I love y'all.
died, he rose, and he's coming again. Rise again.
rolled away from the grave, not so that Jesus could go back, but so that we could go to glory. Amen. I'd like to ask the congregation to stand up. If you're glad that Jesus arose from the dead, stand up and praise him during this last song. just a child when I felt my Savior leading. I was drawn to what I could not understand. For the cause of Christ, I had spent my days believing. But what he'd have me be is who I Bring. 